Good morning, everyone. Good out of Shabbos. We continue. We left off. We are on the second chapter in Baba Kama, 21b, the fourth line from the bottom. We dedicate the class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line, all the injured, should have a full and speedy recovery. All the hostages may they return home safely. And the Lili Nishmas, David Nachman, Rabbi Moshe, and Fushlema for Peril Bas Miriam. Talk to Heilig Rabban, and the rabbis learn. A a dog and a goat. Dilgu that jumped. They jumped from the floor, the ground, up. And by jumping, they broke. They broke some utensils. in the owner's exam. Because this is not the normal way. It's not normal for them to jump like that. So the owner can't be expected to be liable for, for something unexpected. But he has to pay only half, like Karen, like Goring. It's an offshoot of Karen. So he doesn't pay the full damage, he pays half. But if they jump from they were on the roof and they jump down, because that's to be expected. That's what dogs do. And that's what goats do. So therefore, it's an offshoot of Regal. The owner should have anticipated. And he has to pay the full damage. And he has to pay from his uh, choices property. What about a person or a chicken? And or a rooster that jumped. And by jumping they broke so they broke someone else's utensils. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter which direction. They jumped up or they jumped down. They're they're liable to pay the complete damage. Why the difference? Because a chicken, that's the way they jump. They jump up, they jump down. And a person it doesn't matter if a person, if that's his normal way of doing damage or not. We don't make that distinction. We only make a distinction by animals. A person is liable for all damages that he causes, even, even if it's unintentional. A person is always responsible. You never are a victim. There's no victimization in Judaism. In Jewish legal law, you can't claim I'm a victim. So even if he does it, he acts in a strain, in a in an un, unnatural way. It doesn't matter. He's responsible for full day. Okay, we continue on twenty-two A on the top. Like the mother of Tanya, we learn the Brisa Kelavagdi Shadolgum Matlumat Matlumailupturim. But we learned a dog and a goat that jump. Whether they jump from the bottom up, from the floor up, or they jump from the top down, from the roof down. Either way, Peturim, they're exempt. And here you're saying if they jump from the top down, that's normal. You have to pay full damages. So the Gemara answers, they explain, explain the Braises, the second Braises, with the Apech Meipach. What is when they, when they change their nature? Meaning they jumped in, a, in an unusual way. Usually a goat jumps with one jump, one leap. A dog, a dog like clatters, climbs, and then it jumps. Here, the kalba biskira, the, the dog jumped like like uh, like a goat, just made one leap. The gadi and the goat is, is clambering up with his nails, clambering and jumping. That's not normal for a goat. So if they change the way, then no matter what, top down, the bottom up, the top down, it's not the normal ways. Therefore, it's an offshoot of kerem of goring. And the owner is not responsible to pay the full damage. If that's the case, my pturin. What is pturin means? You're exempt. You don't have to pay anything. You're saying that he just changed his ways. If he changes his ways, 
then it should be an offshoot of Keren. The Gemara says, yeah, Peturim in Ezer, of course, that's what the Brighton means. It doesn't mean you're totally exempt. You're exempt, but it's uh, not, you're exempt from total payment. You don't have to pay from the choices of your, of your uh, estate, from your real estate. But you have to pay, like Keren, of course. It says, now, Mishnah Kelev should not... A dog that took a kichel, a, a piece of cake that was on the fire, that was baking, and together with the, with the cookie, he also took the coal that was attached to it. And he's eating the, the cookie, and the meanwhile, the coal is lighting the whole silo on fire. So the Mishnah says that on the cookie you pay full, it's like an offshoot of shame, but for the fire, you pay half. Because that's not normal. If, uh, that's, that's not to be expected. Itma, we learned, this is a very classical argument that we're about to learn. A very essential argument. When a person lights a fire in the own property, right? And then the fire, the fire moves and, and, and destroys your neighbor. Your neighbor's property. So Titus says you're liable. So he says, Zabiachan says, you're liable. It's not, it's not like your animal doing damage. It's not like you, d- you dug a pit and the pit did damage. It's like you personally did damage. Like you took an arrow and you threw it. And therefore, there's a big difference if your property does damage or if you personally d- does damage. What's the difference? If your property does damage, you just have to pay the full damage. If you do damage... You have to pay five things. You have to pay for your unemployment, and you have to pay for the for the shame, and you have to pay for for the for the for the, for the pain, for the pain, and you have to pay for the uh, what? For the doctor's bill. Yeah, and the payment suffering. So, so, so if he says it's as if the fire, you light a fire, it's like you took an arrow and you threw it on your friend, and you hurt your friend. So you're liable for all five payments. That's Rabbi Yechonin's opinion. It's like anything else, like you, you, you dug a pit, it's not that damage, your animal is going and doing damage. So therefore, you're only liable for the damage, nothing more. Why doesn't Rishlakish accept Rabbi Why doesn't he hold like Rabbi So Amalak Rishlakish will tell you, when you throw a spear, it's your force, that's, that's, that, that energy that's carrying the spear. The fire is not going in your force. There's a, there's a wind that's blowing. So it's not my force that's pushing the fire. Yes, I lit the fire in my property. So I'm responsible. But it's not my force that, 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 that it didn't arrive and didn't hurt the other person. It wasn't my force. Why doesn't Rabbi Echenon hold like a Rabbi Echenon will tell you. When you say your money, like your property is doing damage, like your animal, the pit that you dug, so you're liable. Oh, let's be my, let's be my there's no, there's no, there's no substance here. What you, a fire, a little fire. There's no substance. Here. So therefore, why, why is the Torah to hold you responsible? Because it's like you're taking an arrow, and it's like uh, you're causing the, you cause the damage. You took the arrow and threw, threw it at your friend. So it's personal. So it's not, it's not your property. You can't consider property. Property is something substantial. Fire is my property. When I own my fire, what, what do I own here exactly? I'm, not, I'm buying and selling fire. Well, it's not the fire. It's me. Okay. Tonight we learn now Mishnah. So for the cookie, you have to pay the full. The owner of the dog has to pay the full. For the fire, you only pay half. According to Rabbi Yechonon, it makes sense. 
because chitz of the caliph who it's like it's like the dog through a, a spear, and therefore it's like tzeiras. It's an offshoot of tzeiras. Just like when the animal walks in the street and kicks up pebbles and kicks up a storm and the pebble goes flying and does damage, so it's like an offshoot. It's it's it's, it's, it's energy, it's strength. So the 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 dog. By taking the, the cookie together with the coal and by eating the cookie and he's placing the coal, so it's like his it's like a, his energy, his strength is 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 causing the fire. So it's Sreiris, that's why you have to pay half a damage. Who says that fire is considered like your property? This fire doesn't belong to the owner of the dog. It belongs to the owner of the of the cookie. It wasn't his, he wasn't eating his own. He said you have to pay for the cookie because he ate someone else's cookies. So it's someone else's fire. It's not his. So why does the owner of the dog have to pay for, the, for, for anything, for the, for the fire? You might answer, I'm looking at answer. We're talking about The dog threw, threw the, the, the cookie with the coal on the silo. And he ate it there. So therefore, Allah for the cookie he has to pay the full damage. He pays when he says he has to pay, he means the place where the coal landed. He threw it on the on the on the silo. So that that specific place, whatever amount that burned, that he has to pay, but not for the whole silo. Indeed, he doesn't have to pay for the whole silo. But since he threw it, so he doesn't pay for that space. He doesn't pay the full. He only pays half, because it's like it's like tzeiras, like he kicked it, like he kicked the pebbles. He threw it with his with his strength. For the whole silo, he's indeed he's exempt. The owner of the dog is exempt. Doesn't have to pay anything, because it's the fire. The fire spread on its own. And Rishlakish holds that the owner has to pay because of the damage of fire, because it's his, it belongs to him. Here, the owner of the dog, the fire doesn't belong to him, so he doesn't have to pay for the damage to the silo, the whole silo. But Rabbi Eichanan, Rabbi Eichanan says, no, he holds that the mission is talking about a case, the Anchanuchi. The dog placed the cookie with the attached coal on the silo. And he says, For the cake, for the cookie, and for the, for the place where he placed it, he has to pay full damage. But for the whole entire silo that burned down, because he holds that the fire, you're, you're liable to fire because it's, your, it's, it's attached to you. It's like you throwing a spear on your friend arrow on your friend so it's as if the dog himself the dog himself sent the fire and caused the damage so it's like the tzreiras like the, the you animal walking down the street and kicking up a pebble and doing damage the owner has to pay half of the entire damage okay so that's an argument is what the Mishnah means he has to pay what's he has to pay for the whole the entire burnt silo just for the place where he placed it. and for that place that he placed it do you play half or Rishlakish says you only pay half Bechner says, no, you pay, you pay a whole. No, on the plan, according to Rishul he's talking about he threw it. Since he threw it, if he only pays half, on the, even for the place. 
But Rabbi Yechonon explains the mission. He's talking about he placed it. He didn't throw it. He placed it. It's not Tzuredas. He placed it. He did the damage bodily with his own body. So the owner has to pay full for that. But for the rest of the entire uh, silo and all the grain, he only has to pay he, he, he has to pay half. Toshmati Gemara says, I'll bring you a proof. We learned later on in the tract, we learned in the Mishnah. Gumbel. Tom Pishton, what if a camel was loaded with flags? And he was going down the street, going down the road, going down the street. But because it was overloaded with flags, so the flags extended and stuck out. And this flax entered into the store that was on the, you know, opening, open to the street. The flax caught on fire from the candle, from the candle of the store, storekeeper. And hit like a sabir. And he caused the whole fire, the whole, the whole, the whole place to burn down. So the law is, the Mishnah says, the owner of the camel is responsible for the fire because he caused the fire. You overloaded the camel. So it's not just you going, you have permission to go on the street, but you don't have permission to overload the camel and then it's sticking into the, into the store and, and uh, it caught on fire and you burn down, down the whole house. So you're responsible, you have to pay. But what if if the storekeeper placed the candle outside the store? On the street, outside the store, in the public street, then Then whose fault is it? It's not my fault. You made the fire. You had no permission to keep a fire outside, so you caused my my animal, my camel, and my straw to catch on fire. And whatever, if someone something burned down, it's your it's your fault. You have to pay for it. says it's the only time in the mission that Hanukkah is mentioned. Hanukkah is not mentioned in the Homer Shnayis. Some say because of the Rebbe. Right, one of the only times Hanukkah is mentioned because, 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 because the, the Maccabees took over the kingdom. They became kings, which is, violates halacha. A Koyin is not allowed to be a king. So because, like, Rebbe came from the family of the kings, oh, wow. of the princes, so therefore, that's what they say, that's why he didn't, uh, that's, what, that's the reason that the world gives, that's why he didn't even mention this. Because the owner had a right, the, the storekeeper had a right to put it, that's the mitzvah of Hanukkah. You have to light it in the public, not hide it in your house. So therefore, he had a right to do it. So it's your responsibility, you know, it's Hanukkah, your responsibility to keep an extra eye, a special eye on, on your... On your camel and with all the straw, don't overload the straw. It's going to catch on in the Hanukkah candles. <laughs> a public vendetta lighting. <laughs> okay, that's the Mishnah. So, what's the question? According to Rabbi Yechonon, the Mishnah makes sense. of the camel. So, when the camel caused the fire, when the camel walked with his extra load and he caught on fire in the candle of the storekeeper in his store. So it's, it's like he threw the arrow. Spear. The spear. So therefore, the, the, the owner is responsible, like Tzredes, like the animal walking down the street and kicking up a storm, kicking up pebbles, and, go, and the pebble goes flying and it causes damage. You have to pay. You have to pay half. According to the Shlokas, who says no, 
your animal, your the fire like belongs to you. It's like your property did damage. Like your animal went ahead and did damage. Your property did damage. It's not my fire. I don't, I don't own this fire. It's not the owner of the camel. It's not his fire. This is the fire of the storekeeper. So why should the owner of the camel have to pay for all the damage for, for burning down the house? I'm lucky. Shlakish is talking about answer. Shlakish will answer you. Are we talking about it here? Masachsech is called abida kulam. That the fire did not just spread on its own. But the the camel was moving and he, he was dragging the fire with him. So he directly pulled the fire and and the cover the whole the whole house. So he, he so therefore it's considered like he personally placed the coal there. In person. It's not through, he started the fire and the fire went on its own through, it's like his force. It's not his force. He's personally moving and moving the fire, dragging the fire throughout the whole house. So therefore, it's like when we said earlier, like I said, for the place where he put the coal, of course he has to pay in full. Or where he threw the coal, where it landed, that he has to pay in full. I'm sorry, where he... Where he uh, where he put placed the coal, he has to play in full. So this is like he placed the coal there directly. If that's the case, how do you explain the end of the, the second part? That if the storekeeper illegally, if it wasn't illegally placed the candle outside, then the storekeeper has to pay. Why? If it's the if it's the uh, camel who drag the flame, drag the flame over the whole fire, then why, why should the storekeeper pay? Am I chayev? Why should the storekeeper pay? I didn't do it. Yes, my candle outside, but it's your camel that schlepped it and, and, and spread the fire. What answers? Am I chayev? What answers? The mission is talking about the camel stopped, stood still next to the house. part of the mission is not talking about a case where the animal dragged, where the camel dragged the, the, the fire. He stood still. So it wasn't his, it wasn't his dragging that caused it. It's the storekeeper who illegally kept his candle outside. He caused the fire. So he's responsible. He says, if he stood still, and he caused the whole fire, surely the, the storekeeper should be exempt. It was yet so much straw that the whole straw caught on fire and it was enough to burn down the whole house. The, the camel didn't have to do anything, just use straw. He had so much straw there that it, it, the whole straw caught on fire and that caused the, the, it was such a big fire, it caused the whole house to burn down. Surely the storekeeper is not responsible. It had a little flame, it had a little candle. You caused it. You stood still, you stood right in front of the house. Or your store caught on fire and it burned down the house. <laughs> Why should the storekeeper have to pay? He answers name Ravika. It stopped to urinate. And while it stopped, and while it stopped, the whole house burned down. In other words, the owner of the camel, he couldn't move the camel. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> my, the camel is urinating. It's not going anywhere. So who caused the fire? You caused it. Your negligence. I wasn't negligent. 
You should have said you should have moved the camel along. I can't, couldn't. He was busy. He's not going anywhere. And, and the camel drinks a lot, so it took a long time. So it says, Reisha. In the first part of the Mishnah, the reason why, if the flax reaches into the store and catches fire, the reason why the owner of the camel is responsible, why did you load them up? You overloaded them. You overloaded them. So you caused the flax to enter into the store. What do you expect? So you're responsible for anything that happens. But say for the end, the second part of the Mishnah, where the storekeeper kept his, the storekeeper lit the candle outside illegally. The storekeeper is liable. He had no permission to leave the candle outside. He's responsible for any damage that will happen. Because it wasn't, the straw didn't reach into the store. He had a candle outside the store. So, you know, a little, one straw, all you need is one, one piece of straw to catch fire, and the rest, the rest is history. Toshma, bring your proof. We're going to learn later on in the track that the Mishnah says, A person lights, a person lights the silo of his friend. Lights a fire. He goes and he's, a, he's an arson. He goes, not he lights a fire in his... And then his fire spreads. He goes and lights uh, arson. Well, you could decuffus but there was an animal tied up, tied up, chain. Or Evid Samachlay, or there was a Canaanite, a non-Jewish slave who was next to the goddess of Israel. The the slave and the and the goat were were got burnt, were burnt, together with the silo. the one who lit the fire is responsible for the damage. But you're not liable for killing the slave. Because he could have saved himself. He's, a, he's an adult. He sees danger. Who stopped him from running away? But you have to pay for the, for the goat and for the, for the damage, for the silo, for the grain. You have to pay. But Evid Kofislay, what if the slave was chained? He couldn't run. And the goat was nearby, but he wasn't chained. And they both got burned together with the silo, the slave and the uh, goat. Potter. Then the owner, the one who lit the fire, the arsonist, is exempt. He doesn't have to pay for the damage of the goat or for the damage for the silo. Why? Because since the slave couldn't escape, so he's a murderer. You committed murder. You took a person who was chained and, and you, 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 you burned him to death. You burned him alive. So the din is, if a person has two penalties, one is a capital crime and then a financial penalty, only you only give him one. You're putting him to death, forget about, the, forget about the financial part. So therefore, he doesn't have to pay any money because he's, he's a murderer and he's going to get the capital punishment. Okay, that's the Mishnah. So, so what's the question? According to Rabbi Yechonah, Mishnah makes sense. Why is he exempt from paying when he, when he committed arson and he, he burned someone to death? So he's exempt from paying the financial, financial damage to the asylum and, and, for, for, and for burning the, the, the goat because it's considered like he murdered him. 
It's like throwing a spear and killing someone. I don't have to kill you with my hands, choke you with my hands. If I throw a spear and someone, it's murder. So by lighting a fire, I, I murdered you. According to the Shlok, who says, no, the fire is considered like my property. It's my animal going in damage. And therefore, you only have to pay for the, for the damage. You don't pay for the, ex- the other four, four things that you have to pay. If a person does it directly. So on my, on my part, why is he exempt? What do you, how could you charge him for murder? I didn't murder him directly. It was my property that murdered you, my fire. You're going to say if, if my axe went ahead and killed the slave. So I don't have to pay for the damage that the axe did for the, for the silo and for the goat. You only exempt the, the financial payment only if it's a capital crime. If you are put to death, if the owner is put to death. The owner is not put to death. Maybe the axe will be put to death, but not the owner. So if the owner is not put to death, why is, he exempt? why is the owner exempt from paying for the damage to the silo and the damage to the goat? So you might answer would answer you. How my skin, you know we're talking about over here. The mission is talking about Shahits is but goofish eleven. Not he lit a fire and the fire spread and, and consumed him. He lit the fire, he lit the, the servant on fire. He put his like what Hamas did, they lit him on fire. The Kamlay So therefore, of course he's Chayev Mise. It's not my money. It's not my my property that killed him. I directly killed him. I, I, I lit him on fire. I torched him to death. So therefore, come live with the rabbi. Therefore, surely it's a capital crime, and he's and he's a murderer, since he's put to death. So therefore, you don't you don't punish him with the lesser penalty of, of financial. You know, it doesn't have to. Right, That's the case. My What's the mission coming to teach me? Obviously, if he lit him on fire, surely you're exempt from paying. Everyone knows that. We don't need this. The mission is coming to teach me. We're talking about if it's owned by two different people. The slave that he murdered belongs to one master. The goat belongs to another Jew. So you would think, when do I exempt him of, of when do I say if a person has two punishments? You only give him the more severe punishment, not the lesser punishment. If he did two, two things to one person. He caused them financial damage and he, and he murdered them. And we say, listen, you murdered someone, so you only have to pay. You, you, you pay with your life and you don't, you, don't, you don't pay out of pocket. But here, the damage was to someone else. So he says, what do I care that you killed someone's slave, someone's slave and you're a murderer? For me, all you did to me is the financial damage. You have to make me whole. So Mishnah says, no, we don't look at the, the damage that he did. It's two separate people. We look at him. You committed two crimes simultaneously. You committed two times, and then we're only going to punish you for one, not for the other. Toshma, we're getting back to the arguments. I'll bring you a proof we learned in the Mishnah, we're going to learn later on in the tractate. What if a person sends a fire, irresponsibly, sends a fire in the hands of a deaf mute, or someone who's retarded, and a minor? So you can't hold them responsible. And they went ahead and they, and, and they burned, burned down someone's property. You can't hold the deaf mute or the retarded or the minor responsible. They're not, they're not responsible. So the one who sent them is exempt. You can't take him to a court of law. You can't hold him responsible. But Hashem will hold him responsible. Because he can say, 
In other words, of course, he, he did something immoral. He says, I didn't do it, they did it, but you gave them the fire. What did you expect? But you can't hold him, because right? he, didn't, he didn't cause the fire directly, he didn't do it directly. So the question is, this law makes sense. Because it's as if the one who lights the fire, it's his arrow, it's his spear. So who lit the fire here was the deaf mute and the retarded and the, and the minor. So he says he can't hold me responsible legally. He can't hold me responsible. I didn't light the fire. According to Rav Shlokish, who says, no, we look at the fire as your property, the damage. So what different, why is the fire different than an axe? If he would have handed over his axe, to the, to the deaf mute. And the axe went ahead and da- did damage. You're going to say, hey, I'm not responsible. You can't take me to court of law. Of course you could. It's irresponsible. You handed over your property. You're responsible to watch your property. You did not watch your property. It's irresponsible to get, hand over your property to, to a deaf mute. So here you handed over fire to a deaf mute. Of course you're responsible to anything that happens. My answer is, we learn. In the, in the base of Medrash, we learn. On the Mishnah, a Mishnah is only talking about a case. You're right. If he hands over a fire, a full flyer, full flame, of course you can hold him to a court of law and he would have to pay the full damages. The Mishnah is talking about he handed over a coal. Then the, the, the deaf mute blew it up. Liba. He turned it into a flame. He gave him a coal that was, that was a, a coal that had a fire inside, but it wasn't, it didn't pose any danger. And then the deaf mute went and blew it up. I have a muscleish levers, but if he hands over the deaf mute a full fire, a flaming fire, of course, Chayyad. Of course, the sender is liable. My time, my buddy is Eka. You know for certain that that will cause damage. Rabbi Yechonon says, no, I feel it shall have his part. Rabbi Yechonon holds, no, that even the mission is talking about he handed him over a full flame, and he's also examined. Because Rabbi Yechonon says that, that it's, the, it's the holding, it's the grabbing, the cheres, the deaf mute grabbing it, it's his spear. He sent it out, not me. So therefore, I'm not responsible. William Mechai. Adam Mazalei Gavzeh. He's only responsible only if he hands over to the deaf mute, if he hands them over dry, dry wood, dry twigs, silta, or, or small, yeah, little pieces of spindles of, of, of wood, like, like matches, silta, shraga, a candle, then that's, that's negligent. That's as if he himself threw it. He's giving him the fire and he's giving him <laughs> the, the kindling and, and the flame. And the, then, then it's, like, it's like he did it. Like you threw it. You threw the spear. Then he would be liable for everything. There's a Pasuk and there's a Mishnah that supports Rabbi Yechonon's opinion. That if you light a fire, it's like throwing a spear. Quran, the Pasuk of Sivit says in Exodus, it says in Parshat Mishpatim, it says, if a fire goes out and finds thorns and it causes the silo to burn, 
or the field, or the, the, the what's growing in the field, all the stalks to burn. So the pasuk says teitzim. Teitzim means it goes out. Me'atzma. In other words, you lit the fire in your in your property, legally in my property, but then the fire fire spread, and it reached into your friend's property. And the pasuk says shalom yishalom amavis The one who lit the fire has to pay. It says, Amavid is the one who lit the fire. So he calls the one who lit the fire, Mavid. As if he lit the fire in his friend's, in his friend's, in his friend's property. Even though the fire went on its own. I didn't light the fire in my friend's property. I lit the fire in my property. But the Torah considers as if you lit the fire in your friend's property. Because it's like you threw a spear. So, so it's youth, yes, it's, it's in your friend's property, but you threw it. It's your force that threw it. So you are the lighter. It's you. It it's connects to you. So that's the proof from the Pasuk. Masnisa, the Mishnah. Finish with this. Masnisa, what's the proof? The Tanya, we learned the Brais. Don't forget, Abiyach Nishlok is Amaroyim. He's bringing a source from the Tanoim. Learn the Braise, Pasach HaKasa, we continue on 23a. When this comes up, Taylor starts out with Kitetse Yesh. He's talking about if your property does damage, that the, the fire went on its own. The Siam, and he concludes with Niske Gufe. And he concludes with Niske Gufe, that you yourself, Shalom Shalom you yourself lit the fire, as if you yourself did the damage. The Braise says clearly like Rabbi Echanon. That it's not, that we don't look at the fire like your property. We look at the fire as if you personally threw a spear, as if you personally did damage. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everyone. We continue. Tomorrow.